on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Hader kicks and deals. Struck him out, swinging ball game over. Brewers take down the Reds this afternoon in Cincinnati by a final score of 4-3. to three. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City in Milwaukee with Jerry Augustine, here's Matt Pauley. The Brewers needed this one, and they got it. They knock off Cincinnati by a 4-3 score, showing a little bit of uh, power with Luis Arias and Daniel Robertson. First game as a Brewer for for Willie Adamas, and he comes out and he puts together a pretty solid performance, and all in all, the Brewers get the win today. This is a special edition of the program. We are simulcasting today on our normal home, 620 WTMJ, but also a special hello to everybody who is a listening in on uh, WTMJ's sister station, 94.5 ESPN. We uh, we may be on, not we may, we will be on uh, ESPN a fair amount, hopefully for an extended amount of time because when the Bucks play uh, playoff games, those will be on WTMJ. And if that conflicts with the Brewers, the Brewers head over to uh, 94.5 ESPN. So uh, hopefully we are hoping for many, 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 many shows on 94.5 ESPN because that means there are many, 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 many Bucks playoff games. And uh, a Milwaukee doubleheader sweep today with the Bucks picking up the win against the Miami Heat and then the Brewers getting the win against the Reds 4-3. If you do want to join Join us. We're going to use the WTMJ phone numbers. Uh, so for folks over on 94.5 ESPN, uh, won't do you any good if you call into uh, to that studio. So if you want to join us, you can call or you can text into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Let's bring in former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. And Augie, something I've talked about a little bit recently is it it feels like it had been a while since the Brewers put together a complete game and when I say complete game I really mean all four facets going starting pitching relief pitching hitting and also fielding four runs on six hits certainly good enough from an offensive perspective pitching did its job uh, fielding did its job today this feels like a pretty complete game for the Brewers it sure does. And, you know, you talk about wins, and this was really a nice win, you know, when the, when everything just worked really well for the Brewers. They needed one of those to come out where they played real well. You talked about it. They were strong on the defensive side. You got to like what they did on the offensive side, being able to put up four runs every time the Brewers score four or more runs now. They are now 18-6. and six. That's kind of a, a unique number when you score four runs or more, but they did it, and they're 18-6 and six when they've done that. But I really have to give a hand to, to Brett Anderson today. He had to come out and he had to keep this very good offensive Cincinnati Red team down and he did exactly what he had to do. Uh, threw the ball very well, commanded the strike zone. He's noted for his ground balls. He had eight ground balls in the five innings he pitched and I thought uh, he threw the ball very well. And one thing that a, a ground ball pitcher needs to do is command a strike zone. He only had three times in the five innings that he pitched that he went to three ball three ball counts and that's really when he is strong. He's being able to command that outside part of plate which he did an outstanding job of today and then was to be able to use the breaking ball on the inside part of plate to keep the keep the the hitters uh, at bay a little bit so a real nice outing by by Brett Anderson and a nice job by the bullpen to follow up yeah you, know, you mentioned the ground ball uh, ground ball aspect of Brett Anderson and 
If I was the general manager of the Cincinnati Reds, I would try to fill my rotation with a good number of ground ball pitchers because of the ballpark they play in at Great American Ballpark. And we saw the Brewers start a ground ball pitcher yesterday in Adrian Hauser, and it did not go well. But then we see Brett Anderson go today, and it did feel like you know, we, we used the word aggressiveness yesterday and maybe the lack thereof when it came to uh, when it came to Hauser. Augie, today, one of the numbers that really jumps out, and this isn't just Anderson. The Brewers didn't issue a single walk. Ten strikeouts, no walks. Anderson, who's not a strikeout guy, had three, and then the bullpen did his job, especially with Devin Williams and Josh Hader combining for five strikeouts. But you, you as a pitching staff, do not issue a walk, and you get so, and, and you don't have a ton of strikeouts. You get a fair amount of ground balls. That is that's a pretty good recipe for success to win games at Great American Ballpark. Especially in a ballpark like Great American Ballpark, like you just said, Matt. And, you know, you have to keep the ball down. And I thought that's one thing that Brett Anderson did today, along with Suter had the one inning where he gave up the run, came back and got that score to sitting. And Williams was, I thought, I thought Devin Williams was outstanding today, mm. as good as we've seen him all year and along with Hader. But I think you said it perfectly. Anytime you go into a ballpark like Great American Ballpark, it's a great hitter's ballpark. You don't give free passes. Don't let guys on base. You make them work for it. And then you command the strike zone and execute your pitches good things are going to happen. And I thought the pitching staff did an outstanding job of executing their pitches, keeping the ball down, using both sides of the plate. Uh, uh, when you do that and you keep the ball down, you don't want people, you're going to have success. And just like you said, Matt, today the Brewers had just that. We'll talk a lot about the relief pitching throughout the course of the show. Devin Williams, those three strikeouts. He got the strikeouts on two change-ups and a four-seam fastball. He had a lot working. Uh, Josh Hader, obviously, was very good as well. Uh, clearly, we'll discuss uh, the addition of, uh, of Willie Adamas and what he does for this team. Uh, as he comes in, he plays shortstop today. He gets a hit. Uh, overall, pretty solid day. The Brewers 1-0 and with uh, Adamas in the lineup, so you, so you get that going. And we saw, um, we saw Luis Urias move over to second base today because Colton Wong was out after getting hit uh, in the elbow yesterday uh, with a pitch. And this has got to be a really tough thing. And and Arias talked before uh, the game today, and he is handling it absolutely like a pro. Uh, It's been impressive to see the way he's been handling. This is not an easy sort of deal, so we'll certainly uh, discuss that. And we'll take your phone calls, your text messages, and your tweets. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting 855-616-1620. That's 855-616-1620. 6620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Augie, we can sit here and break down every aspect of this game, but I feel like it's important to mention when when things are not going well for you and the Brewers had lost 13 of 17, you just got to find wins. And, and we're going to sit here and tell you why the Brewers won this game today, and, and that's important. But at the really, this is one of those days where it really doesn't matter how you win. You just needed to find a win. I, I exactly right. You know, it's it's always funny in a game of baseball when you when you score and then your opponent scores right after that. They all say it's a they they take back the momentum and that's exactly what the Cincinnati Reds did. They score a lot of runs. They're a very good offensive team at home. And today, after Urias hit the home run in the third, they came back and scored two home runs with the home runs by Heineman and Hing, and Winkler. And then uh, then the Brewers scored a, a score uh, uh, to go ahead in the in the sixth inning. And and they come right back and tie it. But I like the way the Brewers answered. Robertson's home run was huge. Answering what the Cincinnati did in that sixth inning. Always, if you can 
get back that momentum, put things in your favor, especially late in the ball game. Good things are going to happen. And that's exactly what the Brewers did today. They were able to fight back and get some runs, get enough runs where they could hand it over to the bullpen. And I thought the pitching the bullpen was just excellent today. That's former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine. I'm Matt Pauley. If you want to get in here, feel free to do so on the Accident Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620. Brewers get the win in Cincinnati 4-3. Series is even at a game apiece, and now the Brewers look for a series win tomorrow afternoon. We are taking you for the next hour and five minutes. We have you until 8 o'clock this evening. More in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings, a simulcast on WTMJ and 94.5 ESPN. Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. As Stevenson hits one towards second, double play ball. There's Urias to Adamas and back over to Vogelback. A 4-6-3 inning ending double play. First time we have seen that combination and they worked in harmony. 4-3 Brewers get the win in Cincinnati. Series even 1-1. Rubber game of the match coming up tomorrow afternoon. We'll have it on uh, WTMJ. Continuing to do our simulcast right now on uh, WTMJ and 94.5 ESPN. Just a reminder for you, if you are uh, ever looking for a Brewers game and you really want to listen to the Brewers and you hear a Bucks playoff game on WTMJ, just always switch on over to 94.5 ESPN and then you can uh, then you can toggle in between. I always joke around when you're in the car. It, it works out perfectly uh, if you just got kind of a standard car radio with the AM FM button because now you don't have to like be searching for your presets or whatever. You got WTMJ on the AM, you got 94.5 ESPN on the FM, and you only have one button to push, and that's simple. And for somebody like me, things that are simple are good, so you can just press your AM FM button over and over again to uh, toggle back and forth between uh, Brewers and Bucks. If you want to join us, you can do so. 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line. You can also uh, tweet into the program if you'd like at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Luis Arias today goes uh, one for three playing at second base. Today is really the first day of his new old role because last year he was a utility guy for the Brewers playing. Uh, he can play second, he can play third, he can play shortstop obviously. Now how often is he going to play second or shortstop when everybody's healthy for the Brewers? That's a good question because Colton Wong's not going to take many days off if he's healthy, and uh, Willie Adamas is not going to take very many days off if he is healthy as well. So it seems like the best chance for Arias to get playing time is against left-handed starters, and he could maybe start uh, at third base, obviously double switches and things like that. Uh, you've got the opportunity to, uh, to, to move him into games. Oh yeah, I just I want to take a second because he talked to the media prior to the game today, and he had a he had a fantastic attitude. He actually did something which I thought I thought showed a ton of uh, maturity and self awareness. I guess is the word I'm looking for, the term I'm looking for. There's probably a better way to describe it, but I thought it was really cool. So English is not his first language. He I every press conference I've ever seen him do, he he does speak. In English, he attempts to, and, he, and he's a perfectly fine English speaker. Like I, do, it, it can be a little bit broken at times, but certainly uh, it's not bad. And, and I commend him for for speaking in English. And there's never any issues understanding what he's saying or anything like that. I've never once thought that uh, I don't understand what Luis Arias is saying. Uh, that his English is bad. So I've never thought that. But today. He did not speak in English. He spoke in Spanish, and he used a translator, uh, Carlos Brizuela, who is the uh, who is the Brewers' uh, translator, and he did it 
because he wanted to make sure that what he wanted to say and the message that he was going to send out was exactly spot on. And maybe he's not 100% confident in his English that he's able to uh, all the way get the message he wants out. So he spoke in Spanish today with a translator to help get it out because he wanted to be very clear that he how he felt uh, about moving into this different role. And he had a very positive attitude about it. And I just... Augie, I thought that was an incredible move by him, and I think it shows what this means to him and kind of his the professionalism that he has and just his attitude about things. Yeah, I really like the prof- professionalism, like you just said, Matt, you know, the way you went about it, but he wanted to say it and make sure that it was said properly. I think sometimes in, in translation, uh, they're learning how to speak the language, and they, they say it the best they know how, but when it's really down, when they have to speak from the heart and really say it like it is sometimes when they go back to Spanish, I think they can speak it just a little bit more purely. But I like what he did, and the reason I like what he did is because he understands that he's still a young ball player. He hasn't played that long in the major league level, that he still has a lot to learn, that he's still a short, he can play anywhere in the infield, short or second, and that he can do it very well. But I think anytime you go out and you play with different style of ball players, you learn. You play with the Col- at shortstop with a Colton Wong at second base. You're going to learn some things about baseball that you learn from a guy who's a gold glove style guy and then you play at second base and you have Adamas there not only do you play at second but you watch him play every day here's a guy who's a leader type guy they say one of his best qualities is the leadership that he shows on that infield so when you take a young guy like Luis Urias he can only learn from those style ball players it's only going to make him a better ball player and I think he realizes that and that's one reason that he wanted to make sure what he said today was absolutely under Understanding that he's still here to learn. He knows he has to learn, and he'll do whatever he has to do to be a good, complete Major League Baseball player. It's a really tough situation, and again, anytime I compare something in professional sports to something in you know, a, a real life, and everyday person sort of thing, it's flawed because it, it's different. But I was thinking about this. This would, this would be the, the closest equivalent to somebody coming to me and saying, you know what, we found somebody else to host the Brewers postgame show, uh, but we want you to stick around and, you know, maybe you can do some weekends and, and you can do some holidays and you can fill in if something else is going on. Like that, that would be, re- if, if the powers that be came to me with that, that would be a really challenging thing. And I think for anybody, just, just you know, try to apply what he's going through. Now, the difference being is he's still getting paid the same. He's still a Major League Baseball player. Obviously, what, what I just said is not an apples-to-apples comparison, and I truly understand that. But we, we all, as human beings, we're prideful. We, we try to do a good job at, at what we do. And when somebody comes to you and tells you you're not doing the job that we want, and we have found somebody else to do that job, but oh yeah, by the way, we're going to go ahead and keep you here, and you're going to take somewhat of a lesser role. Like just from a from a just from a prideful human being standpoint, man, that is really, really, really tough. And it really it, we're only one day into this, but so far it seems like he's got the right attitude for it. 
Well, I think he does. I think he wants to be a good, good major league baseball player. And, you know, in the, in the situation that you said, it is always very difficult. Anytime you're, you're put back and you have to say to a lesser extent what you're going to be doing. But I still believe that if it's in your heart to be the best you can be, you're going to go out and do what you do the best you can do it. And I think that's a real credit to Louis Urias where he, where he went out and he spoke about being, doing what he has to do to become the great ball player. And everybody understands there's a growth in baseball there's growth in life in many different ways and we have to go and we have to be able to make adjustments and making those adjustments sometimes isn't always the easiest thing to do and sometimes you really got to take a couple steps back and and think about it a little bit but I think uh, on a professional level when you have the opportunity to to do something and you're young at doing it and you still have a long part of your career left any way you can learn is a good thing and Luis Reyes took a big step in the right direction today. This does add depth to the team as well because now all of a sudden Arias moves into this utility role that essentially Pablo Reyes was holding. Reyes has been sent back to Triple uh, A, so you've got a Re- he had his fifth home run today. He's one off the team lead uh, in home runs. He has shown some pop off the bat. Uh, he came up as a second baseman. In fact, that was for people who assessed the trade when the Brewers got him and didn't like it. One of the things I heard a lot was that. Uh, Arias isn't a shortstop. He's a second baseman. He came up as a second baseman. Now, I thought he – I know he made the airs, but he was never making airs because he wasn't a good shortstop. He was, they, a lot of these were routine plays that he wasn't, uh, wasn't making for whatever reason. Um, but – He looked fine at shortstop, but now all of a sudden he's going to have an opportunity to play a little bit more second, play a little bit more third. And uh, with all due respect to Pablo Reyes, who I think did a really nice job, especially from a defensive standpoint, Reyes made some absolutely fantastic plays. But I think if you're if you're looking at Arias in that role that uh, that Reyes has been playing recently, uh, the team just gets a a little bit more deep because of that. And for a team that is still, yeah, they score the four runs and six hits today, and that's. It's great that they score four runs. It's more runs than they had been scoring uh, for a while. But you still want to see this team do as do more offensively. I don't think this this team is not fixed from an offensive standpoint. Uh, so to have a little bit more of a deep team, uh, that is something that can maybe help this team score a few more runs. Yeah, it sure can. And, you know, you, we've been talking about Urias a lot now, but you even see him in the field. I think the situation where he struggled of late, I think he'll learn from that. And he'll learn from guys like Adamas and, and Colton Wong and other guys that on, the, on the squad how to be a better defensive player. He understands that. He knows that he has to be good defensively. But even on the offensive side, he was struggling. I remember he was struggling. He got a pinch hit, and I think he got a double. After that, he took off. And I think since that, his at-bats have been pretty good. So here's a young player just trying to take that total picture of being a major league baseball player seeing what you have to do and yet understanding that you know what you don't do it in one day sometimes it takes time and you learn from those around you and I'm sure that's what he's going to do so and the offense does seem to be turning around just a little bit prior to this series if you go back and you look at the St. Louis, the Atlanta, and the Kansas City series, the Brewers had scored respectively in those games 1-4-0-3-1. Then they had that 10-run effort uh, against Atlanta, followed by zero runs, no runs scored in the first game against Kansas City. Since then, they've scored four runs in three consecutive games. 
Augie, I'm not going to crown these guys the greatest offensive team in the history of baseball, but at least four, three straight days of scoring four runs, it, it does seem to – it's trending at least in the right direction. When after we've seen this team score you know, zero or one runs, what, uh, three times uh, in, in those games that I mentioned, just seeing the team score four runs feels better. Yeah, we're seeing better at bats. I think when it all comes down to better at bats, and you know, I I, I spoke about it last yesterday. How last Tuesday was the first time that Kane, uh, Colton Wong, uh, Navarres, and Yelly were in the same lineup since the second week of April. So when you you get those four guys and you add Garcia in there and you and uh, hope, hopefully get Hero backswing the bat, that's a really good solid lineup. But getting these guys healthy and getting them back in lineup and getting them there on an everyday basis so you know understand which how this team is going to play from a day-to-day uh uh basis uh throughout the season is so important but you need those guys they're leaders they're the guys that are going to carry this ball club and i think they're going to have a big effect on this offense as we get along they get the more at bats and get a little bit more comfortable this team is going to score some more runs Brewers get a 4-3 win today in Cincinnati. Again, if you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and text line. That's 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Brewers get the 4-3 win in Cincinnati. Rubber game of the match coming up tomorrow. A lot more to get to. We've got you all the way until 8 o'clock this evening. We're back with more Brewers Extra Innings after this. There's it's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 3-2 pitch, and he hits this one in the air to deep left field. Back on it is Winker at the track. Bye-bye baseball. How's that for a response from Luis Urias? He goes deep for the fifth time this year, and the Brewers take a one-to-nothing lead. They go on to win by a 4-3 score. Welcome back in. This is Brewers Extra Earnings on WTMJ and 94.5 ESPN. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk at text line, 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. A Milwaukee sports doubleheader sweep today. The Bucks able to take care of business in overtime against Miami, and then the Brewers get the win against the Cincinnati Reds. Former Brewers pitcher Jerry Augustine alongside. And Augie, I want to talk a little bit about the relief pitching because with the trade that the Brewers made, the relief pitching took a hit. They lose their seventh inning guy in J.P. Fireisen. Uh, they lose a guy who had really been pitching well recently and ha- looks to have an incredibly bright future in Drew Rasmussen. And we know what the Brewers have at the back end of the bullpen with De- Devin Williams and Josh Hader, and I thought both those guys pitched well today, especially Williams. He was absolutely electric, striking out the three batters that he faces. But there are now some question marks about this bullpen because we talked earlier about the added depth from a position player standpoint with the addition of Adamus and now all of a sudden having uh, Arias in that utility role. But a gain in one place is a loss somewhere else, and, and uh, the the bullpen clearly is not as strong today as it was two days ago. 
Yeah, you take. Uh, I thought J.P. Fireisen was. Uh, he was the, uh, one of the big keys in why this bullpen was pitching so well. He just threw the ball well. Last couple times out, got behind hitters. What didn't have the great command of his slider and got behind hitters and made some mistakes. But uh, and then you, you take about Drew Rasmussen. Rasmussen. He just. This guy has a great future. He's got a great arm. Starting to understand that he has to command his off-speed stuff, his secondary pitches. He's got that uh, great fastball he can use. These two guys are definitely going to be missed. But uh, when you take it at what do you need to make your team better and making that trade and, and getting the shortstop, the Adamus, that they had needed was important. But this bullpen is still very, very good. They got a lot of good arms back there. And you saw that Brent Suter hadn't been used as much. He's a guy that comes in and can really stabilize it. But I'll tell you, you, you just got to get to the late innings when you can get that dynamic duo of Williams and, and Hayter, who I thought were, were special today. I thought of all the games that I saw, Devin Williams, pitch. I thought today he was as crisp as he's been all year. And I thought what set up the whole inning was the fastball strike three swing and miss by Winker uh, early in the in that inning, striking him out. That fastball up in him, he doesn't you do that. You don't see that a lot. But he located it perfectly, struck him out. That really set the tone for Castellano and, and Stevenson after to strike those guys out. And, and Josh has just been fantastic locating all his pitches. So this bullpen is still late. How are you going to get there? They still have a lot of good arms in this uh, in that bullpen, and they're going to have to use, uh, have guys step up and do the job to get to both uh, Devin Williams and Josh Hader. If you're facing Williams and and there's a two strike count on you, you have to be thinking, okay, he's going to throw the changeup. That's his that's his strikeout pitch, and then he gets the strikeout with the four seam fastball, and then those next two at bats, two strikes on him. All of a sudden, to the back of your mind, you don't know if you're about to see the changeup or the fastball. It complete when he's got the ability to strike guys out with the four seamer. I feel like it cha- it makes the the, the changeup even that much more effective, which is incredible to say because the changeup is already one of the most effective pitches in all of Major League Baseball. Yes, well said, Matt. You know, and and what made that pitch so the Winker so that was such a good pitch on a left-hand hitter. You want to stay away from down on the inside part of plate. You don't want to make a mistake there because if he speeds up the bat and the left-hand hitters can go down and get and hit the ball out of the ball, fish the ball and hit it out of the ballpark. But what he did, he, when you got a left-hand hitter, one of the holes that they have is right above the hands on the inside part of plate. And I I thought Devin put that ball in a perfect spot against a left-hand left-hand hitter. That makes it very difficult to hit. Right there, that shows the next two guys up saying that, hey, look out. This guy will come at you with that two-strike that two strike fastball. That made those change-ups that the, he struck both Castellanos out and Stevenson just uh, just excellent pitches. And he, he, starts, he starts using both, and those are the things that he's going to learn as a pitcher as he goes along after last year, all the success he's had. He's going to locate his pitches, and when he can locate that good fastball and use that, that little slider, that makes that change-up just that much better and today he was very good yeah a lot of people have been really concerned about how the brewers have been playing and rightfully so you go lose 13 of 17 it it is a very very understandable and even logical to be concerned about the way the team is playing 
I was never. I, I always thought it had never. I'd never crossed a line. And look, one win doesn't make a season, right? Like the, if they go lose tomorrow and, and they go on another little bit of a losing streak, at some point they're going to cross over into a territory where I and, and other people who may not be so concerned right now will be concerned. They just, for me personally, they hadn't gotten to that point, and, and the reason they had not gotten to that point uh, was largely because. This is a team that has spectacular starting pitching, especially with their with their top three guys and how dominant that they can be when you look at Woodruff, Burns, and Peralta. And then you've got these back-end guys. You don't have to do a ton offensively to win a good number of games. If you go score four runs a game every single time out, four runs a game in a game that Brandon Woodruff's starting, in a game that Corbin Burns is starting, in a game that Freddie Peralta's starting, you go score four runs for those guys, that's going to hold up as a victory more often than not. And those guys, especially Woodruff and Burns, are going to be able to throw deep enough into the game that you're just about to that tandem of Williams and Hayter at the back. So this team is built to be able to win games in that kind of way. So it is a, it's, it's good to see that this team is scoring a few more runs. But this team doesn't have to be a great offensive team to win uh, a fair amount of games this season. Agree with you, and you know it looks like when they you know, when they were struggling. Of of course, health had a lot to do with. They had guys on the injured list, and the most uh, their key guys in the in the lineup weren't there. But it just seemed like in the in the last seventeen game uh, seventeen games or so, they've been struggling trying to find that trying to find that in those ingredients that they need to to go out and play good, consistent baseball. And one night it was the pitching, next night it was the hitting, and that was runners in scoring position. We've talked about all those things, and and. It's sometimes teams struggle because they're looking for all these things and they can't find them. And they, and what they're trying to do is they're trying to go out and do too much. I thought today, I'm going to say it in one word, I thought today was a comfortable win. Everything was good. They played good defense. Their pitching was very good from top to bottom, and they came up with big hits. You look, talk about the game early in the third inning when when the Cincinnati answers the Brewers scoring. Then in the sixth inning, the answer. But right away in the seventh inning, we bounce right back and scoring get the, get their lead right there. That's a that's one of those ways you see things you have to do to win is bounce right back. Don't give the other team any any uh, way of getting that momentum. And I thought the Brewers did a nice job and I'm going to say it again I think tonight today was just a really nice comfortable win and a big one that the Brewers needed for, uh, we just got a text message 855-616-1620 the Yankee Net Mortgage Talk and text line Doug in Baraboo says uh, ask who we think will pitch tomorrow if needed after Suter, Williams, and Hayter pitched today I think those guys, especially Williams and Hayter, absolutely are available tomorrow. Uh, maybe not Suter because he went uh, a couple innings, but 100%, without a doubt, if they've got uh, if they've got a tight lead in the eighth and ninth tomorrow, we will see Williams and Hayter pitch once again. Uh, you'll have Brad Boxberger in there as well. I would have to think at this point, Boxberger is going to be the first guy who's going to be given the opportunity to be that seventh inning guy, the role that J.P. Fireisen was playing. And, and Augie, I'm going to be interested to see how they view Trevor Richards. They haven't really uh, do they view this guy as just kind of another guy in the bullpen uh, and you know they use him the way maybe that they use uh, a Perdomo or a Lindblom right now or is this somebody who's going to get high 
leverage innings, and he's going to be uh, in the market to be that seventh inning guy as well. I don't know. I don't know. They have not really said much about the plan for Richards moving forward. But most importantly, Williams and Hayter are absolutely available tomorrow. I would think so. I think they threw, they make throw a lot of pitches today, and they're real Chris and Boxberger, and even Perdomo in a situation getting out a lefty. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how they use uh, Trevor Richards. But I, you know, one thing that Craig Council does when you come with the ball club, it doesn't take long if you if he wants you to be an integral part of the ball club, in which he needs all the pitchers to be to get them out there and see where they are and see how they fit into the way he wants to use them. So I think you're going to see Richards. I don't know if you'll see him tomorrow, but I think he's going to try to get him in the game and let him get his feet wet with his new ball club and see how they can use him. He's, he's got a good fastball and a very good off-speed stuff, kind of built into what the Brewers like to do in the bullpen. So it's going to get interesting, but like you said, they got Boxberger out there, and he's just done an outstanding job. A couple games where he didn't throw the ball very well, got behind hitters, but overall he's thrown the ball very well. So this bullpen is still going to be very strong, and it's going to be interesting, like you said, to see how they're going to use Trevor Richards. 855-616-1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. You can tweet into the program as well, at Matt Pauly on air. Still before we're done at 8 o'clock, a lot to get to. Later on, we're going to hear from uh, manager Craig Council, get his post-game thoughts. We'll go back through the game with the highlights. Uh, up next, you get to know uh, Willie Adamas a little bit. He spoke with the media following the game today, his first game with the Brewers. You'll hear some of his comments coming up in uh, just a moment. Augie and I will continue to take uh, your phone calls, your text messages, and your tweets as well. Brewers get the win over the Reds by a 4-3 score. We're back with more in just a moment on WTMJ and 94.5 ESPN. It's Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Falling. The 0-1 to Adamas. And Adamas lines this into left field. This could be extra bases for Adamas. Vogelback will put the brakes on at second and Adamas will be held to a long single winker. 4-3. Brewers get the win in Cincinnati to even up the series at a game apiece. Rubber game of the match tomorrow afternoon. A 12-10 first pitch tomorrow. Our coverage will begin with Brewers warm-up at 11 o'clock. Willie Adamas makes his team debut today. He goes 1-3 for three starting at shortstop. Uh, we'll get to know him a little bit. He spoke with the media on Zoom just a few minutes ago. Opened up his uh, talking time. Talking about the, uh, the planes, trains, and automobiles experience that he had over the last day or so uh, making his way to Cincinnati? Yeah, it was okay. It was a little early uh, in the morning. You know, I woke up at like 6 a.m. I, I didn't really have a, a lot of time to sleep because I was packing all, all night long. And, you know, I got here like around 12.30. But, you know, we had to do the COVID test and all of that. And, you know, I just I was ready for, for, for practice. You know, I came out and hit BP. And then I was ready for the game. Really, how strange was that sequence in the sixth inning where the umpire got hurt? It felt like you were waiting for 15, yeah. 20 minutes there. Yeah, it, it, it was a long time waiting. I think that was the first time that something like that happens to me while I was hitting. But, you know, you got to maintain your, maintain your focus. Uh, you know, I, I was just um, happy that he was okay. Uh, and, you know, uh, happy that... We, we we were able to maintain the game uh, in our favor. And, you know, it was just long. 
it wound up being a big plate appearance for you too because you drew the walk and then Jackie came up and had that two-run single. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got to maintain your focus. Uh, I know, I, all the time. And, you know, I had that walk there. Then Jack, uh, Jackie had that line drive and Avi was able to score. That was a good hustle by him. And, you know, that's what good teams do. You know, they stay stay focused in the game no matter what the situation is and whatever happens in the game, they always maintain the focus. And, you know, I'm just happy to be part of this team and, you know, happy for the opportunity and, you know, happy that we got the win. How happy are you for your guy, Robertson? Um, you know, he's just back from the IL, hasn't got to play a bunch in a big moment. Yeah, it was it was big. It was big. I, I just told him, he was like, I needed you here to hit a homer. And I was just laughing because, you know, he needed, he needed, he need, he needed that, you know, especially coming from the IL. That was a big, big homer for us. You know, that gave us the win. And, um, you know, I'm just happy for him. Hopefully he can, you know, play a little bit more and we can play together a little bit more. And, you know, I'm just happy to be far, part, part of the family now. Really, that was your first look uh, while you're in the field at, at Devin Williams and Josh Hader in the eighth and ninth. You like the looks of that? Wow. I just told them, I said, yo, on TB, that looks nasty. But in real life, it's disgusting. Wow. Hey, that was something I, I was excited to, to see that in person, you know. And, you know, when I saw William, I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. And then Hader. It's something, you know, something special. So, you know, I was just happy to 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 watch it, to to be able to watch it, in, in, you know, in real life. But, you know, they, they got something special going on there. Really, I think you had told us yesterday that because you know so many players on this team, that was really going to help you. When you walked into the clubhouse today and had, what, two hours or something before the first pitch, do you yeah. think that did help you today? Yeah, I mean, everybody welcomed me. They always, they, they were so happy. Everybody was kind of so, they were so excited. That makes me feel really, really good, really comfortable because everybody just welcomed, they welcomed me with open open arms and, you know, that makes me feel great. So I was just happy that, you know, they felt, felt like that as me coming, me and Richard, as us coming. And, you know, I was just really happy that it was, it was, it was, like that, you know, everybody was happy. I was happy. You know, the guys were so excited and, you know, I was ex excited as well. And, you know, I'm just grateful. Augie, his line there that uh, got an audible laugh from me when he was asked about <laughs> William, a uh, hater and, uh, and Williams. Uh, he said, on TV, it looks nasty, but in real life, it looks disgusting. That's a, that's a fantastic quote. Well, I tell you what, you got to understand where he came from, Tampa Bay. And if you talk, think about Tampa Bay, where is their strength? Their strength, they have good pitching, but they have excellent bullpen. And they have guys coming out of that bullpen are throwing uh, triple digits and all over the place. They got so many guys that do such a good job to come over here and then see the likes of a, a of a of Williams and Hayter is awful so, so special, but uh, disgusting. I like that word for for somebody that's probably a phrase that most say that when they have to face those two guys it is disgusting because they're very very good 
Freddie Peralta gets the start tomorrow. He has been so good this year, 4-1, 2.40 ERA. There was a point in the year where it seemed like he was maybe struggling in the first inning or so, first two innings at times, and that was something that seemingly was continuing on uh, from earlier in his career, but he's, he's seemingly fixed that recently. Good pitching matchup on paper going against Luis Castillo, who historically has been very good, not having a very good season this year. Castillo's 1-6, 7.44 ERA, but we know the type of pitcher that Castillo certainly can be. But this is, if you the way that you take kind of a losing streak and a slump and you, you end it, you go win a series. This is an important game tomorrow that Freddie Peralta's pitching. It is. It's a division series, too, and you, you talk about all the time, Matt, how important it is to win games. Winning games in your division is really important, especially winning the series, but, you know, you have to like what, what, what Freddie's been doing, and, you know, we, talk about, we talked about Hauser the other night in the aggressive part of being able to command the strike zone. Well, that's one thing that Freddie does. He has these three different types of fastballs that he's been able to locate. He locates them in all spots, but he's been able to locate that breaking ball anytime he wants and throwing a changeup in there every once in a while. He'll change speeds on that slider once in a while, make it give it a, a, maybe a little bit more of a breaking ball style look. But he's been able to locate it. He's able to use it in situations when he's even and behind and throw it for strikes. And I think that's where he's really made the biggest progress is he knows his fastball is still his pitch, but uh, the secondary pitches, he knows how important they are. And when he commands those, he throws them with confidence. He stays aggressive. He throws the ball very well, and he's going to have to continue that against this good Cincinnati team tomorrow. That's Jerry Augustine. I'm Matt Pauley. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers get the win in Cincinnati today 4-3. Manager Craig Council spoke with the media just a little while ago. We'll hear his postgame comments. That's next on WTMJ and 94.5 ESPN. This is Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. And here's Robertson. First offering to him from Hembry. And Robertson sends it in the air. Deep center field. Racing back is Heineman at the warning track. He jumps up. It is gone. Daniel Robertson gives the Brewers a 4-3 lead. That was really good to see Daniel Robertson hit that uh, home run. His first of the year. Robertson was a guy that before the season started, I was saying he was kind of my pick to maybe show out this year and take a big step forward this year. I have been completely wrong on that. Guy is hitting uh, 122. He has not played that well. He hasn't hit that well. He's been fine in the field, but he's not hit that well. He's been uh, a little bit of a disappointment there coming back after being on the uh, concussion list, but good to see him do that. I always say that when you got these guys who came up as prospects and for some reason it didn't click, you still always have that chance for them to be one of those late-blooming type of guys, and there are a lot of late-bloomers who turn into stars across Major League Baseball, and I thought Robertson had a chance to be that. He's still got some uh, work to do, but maybe this is the start of a something good for uh, Robertson as he gets uh, arguably the biggest hit of the game, a tie-breaking home run there in the seventh inning as the Brewers get the win 4-3. A lot of players, a lot of players uh, contributed to this win today. Manager Craig Council uh, discussed just that as he opened up uh, his post-game thoughts a little while ago. Yeah, I mean, we kind of got uh, the offense was a little bit of something from a lot of guys um, and, and the bullpen did a nice job and got a big hit um from uh D Rob, which was uh which was great to see. Craig Williams and especially Hader hadn't worked that much lately because of the way the games have gone. 
how challenging is it to do what they made look pretty easy today? They, they were both pretty sharp, it looked like. Yeah, they were. I mean, they're, they're fresh and, um, uh, they, they threw really, Devin threw the ball really well for sure. I mean, he went, you know, Winker is, is, uh, a tough, tough out right now. And then he, uh, you know, he gave him a tough at bat, but he, he kept making pitches to, to him. So they were both sharp today for sure. Um, you know, Josh has had the base a week off essentially, but, uh, came out really, really sharp. With Brett was the decision just for him not to face, um, the lineup for a third time. Uh, Brett was with that long with the, the um, when the umpire went out that inning, he wasn't, he just wasn't feeling good. Kind of physically wasn't feeling good. Um, and then the long inning, he kind of recovered, but it, it just, the long inning essentially made me go to the bullpen. So, uh, he was cruising. I thought he was pitching really well and doing a nice job, but, um, it was more just how he was not nothing with this, um, this, he was just light, little lightheaded, um, with the heat and stuff and the, time of the inning so we got him out of there on jackie's hit uh that drove in the two runs how about obby's hustle and then that slide at home plate that was a that was a yeah i mean i think you got the you know obby's hustle and i also think you have to mention jason send right there i think that's you know we don't talk about the good ones usually and that was that was a really good send and it 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 doesn't happen without the player hustling. Um, so um obby gave us obby gave jason a chance to make a great call just with, with Robertson again, um, you know, very unlikely player to, to hit a homer, I guess you could say. He almost hit one out in St. Louis there. But, you know, kind of cool to see a guy who's been struggling this year at the plate and with the concussion and everything to come through in a big situation, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you don't it, – it's what you need. Um, on, you play 162 games and you need different heroes every night. Um, and – you know, it's, it's great for D-Rob. D-Rob's, I think he's played really nice defense um, whenever we put him in there. Um, but it's nice to, be, you know, do something with the bat and be a little bit of the offensive hero. And um, that's what it takes to, to win a whole bunch of games. You need those contributions from every every single guy on your roster. Craig, did you think their guy was going to catch that? It, it looked pretty close, at least on, on TV. And yeah, I mean, it, it was – yeah, it was – I didn't – I thought it was going to be close. You know, you know, I know he clipped it pretty good. I checked the flags real quick as his ball's in the air. And, and so it was, I didn't know. It wasn't a sure thing. I know that. It was almost caught. It may have touched a little bit of glove there out in, uh, in center field, but it got out. And again, you feel good for Daniel Robertson that he was able to come up with that big hit as the Brewers get the win today in Cincinnati 4-3. Tomorrow, Brewers back at it, wrapping up the series against the Reds. Freddie Peralta on the mound. He'll go against Luis Castillo. And then the Brewers are back at home starting Monday for a four-game series against the San Diego Padres, a team that they swept in a three-game series in San Diego earlier this year, so they'll be looking to have that same level of success against the Padres this upcoming week. But first, one more to go against the Reds before they can get to that point. When we come back, we are going to uh, recap the game with the highlights. Brewers get the win. Final score in Cincinnati, 4-3. We're back with more in a moment on WTMJ and 94.5 ESPN. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Foley. 4-3 Brewers get the win over the Reds. Pitching matchup today. Brett Anderson going for the crew. Sonny Gray on the mound for Cincinnati. 
Uh, for the Reds, they would uh, see the defense of Willie Adamas. Willie Adamas playing in his first game for the Brewers. And in the bottom of the first uh, with an out, Nick Castellanos is uh, at the plate. He gets a base hit. And the next hitter is Tyler Stevenson. Stevenson hits one towards second. Double play ball. There's Urias to Adamas and back over to Vogelback. A 4-6-3 inning ending double play. First time we have seen that combination. And they worked in harmony. Yeah, first double play turned by Adamas. How about uh, Adamas's first at bat? It comes with two outs in the top of the second inning. Payoff pitch to Adamas. Swing and a miss. There's the fastball. And Sonny Gray strikes out the side in the second. Bottom half of inning number two is on its way. No score. So that might not have gone the way that he would have liked it to go. Scoreless as the game goes to the third inning. That's when the Brewers would take their first lead of the game with one out. Luis Arias at the plate. 3-2 pitch. And he hits this one in the air to deep left field. Back on it is Winker at the track. Bye-bye baseball. How's that for a response from Luis Arias? He goes deep for the fifth time this year, and the Brewers take a one to nothing lead. That's really good to see. Guy basically loses his job, has his role changed into a utility role. He's starting at second base today because Colton Wong's a little bit banged up, and he hits a home run and gives the Brewers a one nothing lead. That lead, though, does not last very long. Bottom of the third inning, Scott Heineman leading things off against Brett Anderson. Heineman with a drive out to left center field, and when this one lands, we're going to be tied at one. Heineman with his first home run of the season. And he hit it out to center field off of Brett Anderson. Got Heineman. Anderson would then uh, retire Jonathan India and Sonny Gray, but that would bring up a guy who hit three home runs yesterday, Jesse Winker. Winker with a long drive to right. It is deep and it is gone. Jesse Winker with his fourth home run of this series. So that gives the Reds their first lead of the game. It is 2-1, but the Brewers uh, would uh, make a little bit of noise later on. We'll get to that in a moment. They make noise, but they don't score any runs in the top of the fourth inning. With one out, Daniel Vogelback gets a base hit, and it does bring up Willie Adamas. The 0-1 to Adamas, and Adamas lines this into left field. This could be extra bases for Adamas. Vogelback will... Put the brakes on at second, and Adamas will be held to a long single. Winker did a good job of getting over and cutting that one off. Adamas with his first hit as a brewer. So there you go. There's all his first. We got his first double play turn, got his first uh, plate appearance, got his first hit. I guess we're still waiting for uh, his first home run and things like that. Anyways, uh, Brewers end up stranding a couple there in the fourth inning. It remains a 2-1 game. Reds with the lead, but the Brewers would get the lead back in the sixth. It all starts with Omar Narvaez. Cincinnati as Narvaez hits one down the right field line of fair ball. It's headed towards the corner. Should be extra bases for Narvaez. He digs into second, and he will put the brakes on right there. Leadoff double for Omar Narvaez. Avisael Garcia then walks, so that puts runners on at first and second. Daniel Vogelback then comes to the plate. He flies out. Then Travis Shaw, he strikes out swinging. However, there's a pass ball on that play that takes Narvaez to third. It also hits the uh, home plate umpire uh, right in the mask. 
as uh, Ron Culpa goes down and goes down pretty hard. Uh, he had to be removed from the game. Nick Lentz, who is the second base umpire, then came in to work behind the plate. You have to put on all the gear, and uh, you have to change. Uh, even the pants you wear are different uh, when you're behind the plate. You wear Generally, most umpires wear actually looser pants when you're working behind the plate than if you're working on the bases. So it was quite the delay as Nick Lentz was getting changed in the umpire's room. Eventually, after probably at least 10 minutes or so, it felt like uh, it went a while. They did not officially put that down as a delay in the box score, so we don't have an official time. But it was upwards of 10 minutes or so. Nick Lentz finally returns, and he was uh, behind the plate. Uh, Sonny Gray still working. It's tough to just be standing out there on the mound for that kind of uh, delay. Facing uh, Willie Adamas. Adamas walks. That pushes Garcia to second. And then Jackie Bradley Jr. at the plate. Swing, a line drive. It's off the body of Blandino. He can't find it. Jackie's safe. Here comes Garcia towards the plate. The throw is not in time. The Brewers take the lead. Nervaez and Garcia scoring. It's a fantastic slide by Garcia, and the Brewers take the 3-2 lead. However, the Reds would get that run back in the bottom of the sixth inning. New pitcher Brent Suter into the game. He gets Jesse Winker to strike out, so that's good. Captain home run there. Nick Castellanos, though, then gets a double, and it brings up Tyler Stevenson. Suter kicks and throws. Line towards the middle. Pass Robertson into center. It'll be a base hit. Castellanos comes in and scores to tie the game 3-3. But it's not tied for very long. New pitcher on for the Reds in the top of the seventh inning. Heath Hembry, first batter he faces, Daniel Robertson. And here's Robertson. First offering to him from Hembry, and Robertson sends it in the air. Deep center field. Racing back is Heineman at the warning track. He jumps up. It is gone. Daniel Robertson gives the Brewers a 4-3 lead. Suter comes back out for the seventh inning, puts up a zero, and then you're able to go to your high leverage guys in Devin Williams and Josh Hader. And those two guys, they put on a show in the bottom of the eighth inning. Brewers lead 4-3. Williams on, first battery faces, Jesse Winker. Another 3-2. Struck him out with a fastball, 96 under his hands, one away. Perfect pitch from Devin Williams. He had flipped in those change-ups to Jesse Winker and finally came back and blew a fastball right by him on the inside corner. Next hitter, Nick Castellanos. Swing and a miss. Took a little extra off. Two strikeouts to start this eighth inning for Devin Williams. And then that would bring up Tyler Stevenson. His 0-2 pitch to Stevenson. Change-up struck him out. Foul tipped it into the glove of Omar Narvaez. Devin Williams strikes out the side in the eighth. Sean Doolittle and Ryan Hendricks combined to put up a zero in the top of the ninth inning, so the Brewers still holding on to that one-run lead going to the bottom of the ninth, and that's when Josh Hader comes on. First batter he faces, a Eugenio Suarez. Suarez swings and misses at a slider, and that's out number one. That brings up Kyle Farmer. Lined right to Daniel Robertson, who's playing in the shift. One hop, throws to first, and Farmer is out. Brewers with a 4-3 lead. There's two outs in the ninth inning, and the Reds' final hope is Alex Blandino. Hader kicks and deals. Struck him out, swinging, ball game over. Brewers take down the Reds this afternoon in Cincinnati by a final score of 4-3. 
With the win, the Brewers go to 22 and 23. The Reds, they drop to 20 and 24. Winning totals for the crew. Four runs, six hits, no errors. They leave six for Cincinnati. Three runs, seven hits, no errors. They leave three. Winning pitcher is Brent Suter. He is 3-2. The loss to Heath Hembry. He's 0-1. Josh Hader, his 10th save. Home runs, Luis Arias, his 5th. Daniel Robertson, his 1st. For the Reds, Taylor Heineman, his 1st of the year. Jesse Winker hitting his 12th. The game lasting 3 hours and 7 minutes. Played in front of 17,611 folks at Great American Ballpark. When we return, we will preview the series finale. We'll also give you some scores from around baseball, both in the division and also through the Brewers minor league system. We'll do that next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings with Matt Foley on WTMJ. 4-3, Brewers get the win in Cincinnati as we continue on here on WTMJ and 94.5 ESPN. Just a reminder, Bucks postseason run. Hopefully it's a very deep and long run. Got underway today with a win against Miami. Uh, with that, number of Brewers games will be uh, over on one of the stations we're on right now, 94.5 ESPN. So uh, just uh, keep that on your uh on your presets, because when the Bucks and the Brewers are playing at the same time during the Bucks postseason run, the Brewers will be on 94.5 ESPN. Let's go around the National League Central. Here's what happened. Uh, Cubs and Cardinals are playing right now. This game is 1-1 in the top of the sixth inning. Miles Michaelis made a season debut for St. Louis, but bad news for him. He was removed from the game after four innings due to forearm tightness, which is not something that um, you want to see because sometimes forearm tightness can be an indication of something not so good. He had not pitched in a game since October of 2019. He's a big part of what the Cardinals are going to try to do. So uh, in terms of what's going on in the division, that's something to keep an eye on. But that game is 1-1 right now in the top of the sixth inning. The Pirates, after giving up 20 yesterday, they don't give up quite that many today. They lose to the Braves by a 6-1 score. Mitch Keller got the start for the Buccos, went five innings, allowing five runs on eight hits. Uh, but the Pirates lose. They are now 18 and 27. So as we take a look at the standings right now in the NL Central, the uh, Cardinals do continue to sit in first place. They have a two-game lead on Chicago, so that will move uh, up or down by game, depending on what happens uh, in that Cardinals-Cubs. It'll be a three-game lead or a one-game lead, depending on how that game finishes. The Brewers right now are three-and-a-half back of first place St. Louis and one-and-a-half back of the second-place Cubs. The Reds are five back, and then the Pirates, they are sitting seven-and-a-half games back with that 18 and 27 record. As far as the Brewers minor league system goes, AAA Nashville, they were at home against Gwinnett. Actually, they are at home against Gwinnett. This game is still in action. Nashville with two runs in the bottom of the second inning and they currently hold a 2-1 lead against Gwinnett. AA Biloxi Top of the seventh inning, they are even with Tennessee. That is a 1-1 game uh, that's being played uh, at Smoky Stadium, the home of the Tennessee Smokies. The Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, they play a doubleheader today. They win game one over West Michigan by a 9-8 score at Fox City Stadium. And then they come back after they gave up two runs in the top of the seventh. They come back with one run in the bottom of the seventh and get a walk-off win against West Western Michigan. West Michigan, I should say. 8-7 uh, to be able to sweep that doubleheader. 
Brewers and Reds wrapping up the series tomorrow afternoon. Freddie Peralta on the mound for the crew. The righties 4-1 with a 2.40 ERA. Luis Castillo will get the start for the Reds. The right-hander is 1-6 with a 7.44 ERA. 12-10 first pitch. That means network coverage at 11.35. I'll be with you before the game at 11 o'clock for Brewers warm-up. And then uh, myself and Jerry Augustine will be back with you after the game for Brewers extra innings. Once again, Brewers get the win over Cincinnati by a 4-3 score today. Good, solid, all-around win, and they will look for a series victory tomorrow. Look forward to talking to you tomorrow morning at 11 here on WTMJ.